money up in prayers. Treading water that they drowning. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Smash Cassette Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer, and I'm still getting over a Buffalo Bills loss. Uh, I'm trying to deal with things here. I talked to Ian backstage and I told him one of the most uh, attacking comments I've ever had was I was at a Bills game, or I was at a, a Braves-Phillies game, and I'm a huge Braves fan. So we got off the schneid, right? We won the World Series. I'm like texting my buddy back and forth. I'm like, yo, the Bills got this, right? And at this, at this game, the guy goes, man, he goes, the Atlanta Braves are like the Buffalo Bills of their sport. And I'm like, oh man, this guy's making personal attacks at me here. And it was just, we're going to talk today about the bunch of these playoff games. Cause this literally was the greatest weekend of playoff football, of football in general that we've ever seen. I mean, it was phenomenal. Every single game went down to the exact last drive of it. I mean, it was so excited. We're going to get into some debates. We're going to talk about some hype of the, some of these players because Looking at Twitter, I mean, some of the, some people are just majorly overreacting off of some of these playoff games, and I know we talked about that several weeks back of like not overreacting to what happens in the playoffs. So, without yeah, further, Dad, Dad, I gotta put this out there in the pre-show. We also you looked at me and you said you don't know how this feels, and I was like, Vikings fan, I know <laughs> how it feels. <laughs> That's Ian jumping in there. That is our. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I know last week, you know, was your first week on the pod. We had a lot of people reaching out and, you know, said you did a fantastic job. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and, and your, your miseries of being a Vikings fan? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. Um, you can find me at Super Skull Fan on Twitter. Um, I put that on, uh, on here today, so it was a little easier to find me. Um, I'm also, if you search uh, Optimistic Vikings Fan, that's my, my handle as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just know misery, like Minnesota sports is misery. It's, it's the life, but I'm the guy that just stays awkwardly optimistic about it. So let's that's go. All, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. <laughs> and speaking of optimism, mom, yo, what's going on this week? Hey, what's going on guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. And yeah, I mean, your Bills got eliminated, uh, Brady got eliminated, uh, Rodgers got eliminated. I think this is the first time in a decade that Brady or Rodgers isn't in the championship game. 12, 12 uh, years. This coming weekend. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I mean, I guess the uh, the offset of Rodgers being out as well makes me a little less sad about the Bucks being out. So I'll take it. Let's start out right off with that first that last game, right? That was the most exciting one. I mean, the Chiefs... Bill's game was phenomenal. And the biggest thing right now is, you know, I want to talk about the two quarterbacks because they were both incredible. I mean, Josh Allen, I'm seeing on Twitter, you know, trades for Josh Allen, and they're absolutely absurd, you know. And you guys both know from Smash Except Listener League 1 and 2, I had him as a top three player, took him in both of them. Um, and, you know, he, I mean, the man threw nine touchdowns in two games with only 14 incompletions. I mean, he was phenomenal. On the flip side, Patrick Mahomes has been incredible. I mean, this was the greatest quarterback matchup showdown that I've ever seen. What I want to talk to you guys about is right now, who is your Superflex Dynasty quarterback one between Mahomes and Josh Allen? I'm going to start out and I'm going to say it's Josh Allen for me still. You know, Josh Allen has had more points since he's taken over. Year in and year out, every individual year, Josh Allen has more points. We're kind of splitting hairs a little bit, but I know this is a debate this time of year is, who's your guy? I mean, Monk, if you had to pick right now, which guy are you taking if that's your spot? Or are you going to trade back? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously there's value in potentially trading back. But for me, you know, it's Mahomes, but they're in the same tier, right? You're not paying more than a second on top of Josh Allen or anybody else for, you know, Mahomes. Um, it, it depends on what you can get, right? I, I see mm -hmm. a lot of questions on, are you buying or selling Mahomes or Josh Allen? And it all depends. If you can get either quarterback for the other plus a first right now, then obviously you're selling. Um, yeah. But if you can, you know, downgrade slightly to that next tier of like the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and you can get significant draft capital on top of those guys, I still would because as great as they are, you know, we know that the drop off on quarterback scoring is getting smaller and smaller with a lot of quarterbacks adding that rushing production. 
Yeah, Ian, before we get to, to your take on that, I mean, I, I had a trade sent in today by at Vasher underscore, and he, he said, you know, he's, he's in, a, in a league right now. We're looking at Josh Allen and then Cam Akers in a second for Herbert. You know, we're like, we're, we're looking at some trades here. I was like, whoa, how, how are we doing these kind of deals? You know, it's like Josh Allen is in everybody's mind. He's the QB1 or QB2. Ian, where do you have him? You know, are you Mahomes guy or are you Josh Allen when it comes to this? So when it, I think that you, you have to look at it multiple ways. I think in real football, for me, it's Mahomes. But when it comes to true dynasty football, it's it's Josh Allen. And and that's because Josh Allen gives you that rushing ability. He like averaged, I think, mm-hmm. close to one rushing touchdown a game this this year. Like he was giving you that rushing touchdown, not just that those rushing yards, but those rushing touchdowns. And I don't know if you play in a four uh, four point passing type league, those those rushing touchdowns mean a lot more. Um, so I think that that really adds that value to Josh Allen over Mahomes. I think Mahomes is is a lot less likely, and obviously I'm using a bad example because he was a, an amazing rusher in that specific game, but he's not like that usually. Um, he's not rush for 100 yards or rush for 80 yards usually. Um, he's He's got uh, that floor game. there where he, he's sneaky and he mixes that in there, but that's a great point about Josh Allen. I mean, I have always said... And I mean, I had 15 fantasy dynasty leagues. I'm starting to cut back a little bit. I've only ever had Patrick Mahomes twice, and I've only drafted him and then traded him because sometimes, and we talked about it on last week's pod and things that we're we're learning from Superflex and trying to put into the next year is if you have a guy like Mahomes, if you have a guy like Josh Allen, you can literally build yourself an incredible trade offer where you can put it into effect. Where you know, in, in the the league where I dealt Mahomes, I ended up getting. A quarterback one. I got a wide receiver one and a early 20, you know, it was 2019 first and some more. You know, I got some pieces thrown in there. It's like when you have these guys, you know, and if you have the 101 or you have the 102, it's like you can trade back and get some serious capital to get those guys. Like I'm seeing Lamar Jackson in an early 2022 or 23 first to get to Josh Allen. And those are some ways where you can just move back just a little bit take some of this hype from what's going on and really, really capitalize your team. So, you know, I I know we could talk about those two guys because we love watching them all day long. But I think the biggest thing to take away from this game, I mean, Gabriel Davis, right? Eight receptions, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Absolutely phenomenal. We're talking about last year at this time, you know, he was starting to really emerge and he had four or five games there towards the end of the year and he was starting to become maybe worth a early first, mid or, or early second, I should say, sorry, an early second and there was that hype there and then this year, not getting utilized, you know, the Emmanuel Sanders on the field, starts to, every game he's had over five targets, he's had over 12 fantasy points, this week he just goes off and yeah, there's a lot of that, you know, with Teron Matthew coming out of the game and, and things like that, but I am seeing just crazy hype on Gabriel Davis and and a lot of people are really trying to capitalize on that Mung, we talk about this in the past but I mean should we be double counting the playoffs right should we be saying oh well Gabriel Davis is still in the playoffs and he has a game like that should we be blowing it up you know is there or is this should we be treating this the same as it if this happens say week 14 well it's a it's a case-by-case basis right a few years back we saw i think it was like a one-handed diving somersault catch by chase claypool um Mm -hmm. in the playoffs and you know it was a highlight reel play and certainly claypool is a great player but we knew that roethlisberger was declining we knew um, that they had other targets there in pittsburgh as well and so that was a potential sell depending on the price or a buy, depending on the price. And, you know, as with Gabriel Davis, you're not going out there to sell just to sell, right? But you're also not buying for multiple firsts or an early first or anything crazy like that. Um, It's hard to gauge because you always want to react accordingly without over or under reacting. And in this case, I would still sell Gabriel Davis if you can get a first round rookie pick for him. Um, Not even, you know, looking at this last game, but just in general. Even since they started utilizing him late in the season, when he is seeing 80, 90% of the offensive snaps, he just isn't producing a whole lot. And when he does have those big games, they've been very much touchdown reliant. Now, there's a situation or a scenario next year where Gabriel Davis could become that established number two, 
but you have to look at it holistically. If you're really high on Gabriel Davis, then you should probably be fading Dawson Knox a little bit and maybe Devin Singletary as well, or the other way around. So, you know, at the end of the day, we know this Bills offense is going to be good again in 2022. What do you have to look realistically at the target share and the potential touchdown share? Yeah, I like that. I mean, uh, high T Denny, that's it says testosteromus. <laughs> he sent it a trade. He was like, yo, I got a 23 second on the table for Gabriel Davis. And I said, well, you know, we're talking about a mid 23 second at this point. I said, you know, I would hold on to Gabe Davis at that point. I mean, you have a, a situation where if you are not getting a first, and I saw several polls out there, you know, where people are saying a late first. I feel like if you can get a late first this year or any 23 first, you, you smash accept that. You take that. You take this situation and you just, you know, there's a lot of people thinking he should be in that top 30 dynasty wide receivers. And I'm not quite there yet. You know, he had a couple of, this game was phenomenal. And, and there's, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I messaged him. I was like, so you don't know what that pick is. I mean, can you tell me that Gabe Davis is not going to be worth the 212 by the time next year comes around? You know, there, there's that chance he might fall off of there. But you're giving up a, a player who's hot right now. I said, see if you can get a first. Or see if you can package a third with Gabe Davis to get a first. Or maybe even a second. So what he ended up doing then, he got multiple offers. He ended up giving up Gabe Davis and a third to get Hollywood Brown. You know, and I was okay with that. And then there was other offers there where he said he was offered 24 firsts. Can we go as far out as 24, you know, and, and cash in on that? That part's a little bit debatable. But if you can if you can take Gabe Davis, I think the move is taking Gabe Davis and adding a little bit and getting a wide receiver who we've faded a little bit. You know, you brought up Chase Claypool. I know he's a guy. You get a, you get a proper quarterback there that can actually throw the ball deep like, you know, Ben did a little bit two years ago to Claypool. And we got a, you got a winning situation there. You gave up. Gabe Davis, you might be able to get a Darnell Mooney. You might be able to get, I'm seeing Amon Ra St. Brown, some of those type moves. Um, Ian, out of those guys, I mean, is there is there a preference there? And does that make sense to you for the evaluation of what you would do with Gabe Davis? See, I, I think I actually do the opposite of what a lot of people do when it comes to evaluating playoffs because um, I actually fade players based off of the, the hype in playoffs because – how I see it is the defenses are better in the playoffs. So the mm -hmm. offenses are having to scheme new things for different players. A lot of times that they might not normally scheme for. You mean like so, Stefan Diggs trying to stop exactly, him and letting I mean, Gabe Davis open. I mean, how often is Stefan Diggs going to get six yards in a game? Like that's not going to happen that often. And that's what allowed Gabe Davis to go off the way he did was Stefan Diggs being double, triple covered the way mm -hmm. that the chiefs planned. They, their game plan was shut down Stefan Diggs. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that's going to happen that often. So I'm fading Gabe Davis quite a bit compared to the value. I mean, I even saw a trade out there where someone accepted the one five for oh, Gabe geez. Davis. Yeah. And, and so and we talk about it all the time. It's, it's a, it's a buy low. It's a sell high. It's, it's trusting the hype. It's fading some of the noise. It's like, you know what? this is what's fresh in people's minds and that's exactly. what they're excited about. And, the other and when, guy you, when you go back and you look at the season, he ranked right. He had similar stat line to Brian Edwards during the season. Like look at over the course of the season, his stat line was yeah. very similar to Brian Edwards. If that was Brian a hype Edwards guy there for the Raiders. Yeah. If Brian Edwards would have done that during the playoffs, I don't think we'd be necessarily, I don't know if we would necessarily be this hype on, yeah. on, on him. And if you have him, I mean, this is the other thing. Is you, you float it out there, but he's 22 years old. You don't need to sell him for no. a, a random second in, in next year's draft you know, and move that way. Um, Mung, you brought up two guys there, and I, I think it's definitely worth noting the ascension of Dawson Knox this season as well as what Devin Singletary was do doing down the stretch. You know, I'm getting a lot of questions. People are like, hey, Devin Singletary really flashed down the stretch. Of those final six, seven games, you know, he was getting a workload there. You know, uh, uh, he was getting a workload of a feature back. And people are saying, hey, should I give up a second for Devin Singletary? And it's like, I've always liked the player. I feel like he's really starting to come on. But you never know with Buffalo. You never know if we're going to bring in another guy, do something there. But talk to me about those two guys. Yeah, I mean, with Singletary, we saw that they went with a hot hand, and it was him for down the stretch, and they've stuck with him. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, I expect him to be the lead back heading into 2022. Agreed. Um, but again, there is some risk there, right? We, we've seen uh, Buffalo flip-flop a little bit. 
Uh, and then you have to look at coaching changes in the offseason too, right? Mm -hmm. Brian Dable is a hot name uh, for head coach candidacies. And if he goes, you know, do they go back to a rotation at the running back position? Um, does the new offensive coordinator have a different preferred guy that he sees flashes of in training camp? So I think, you know, we should expect Singletary to remain the lead back as long as you understand that there are risks involved. I think it's worthwhile paying a second for him on a contending team. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I wouldn't go more than a late first, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And Dawson Knox, I mean, I feel like Knox has really risen up in, in, in my dynasty rankings as far as the tight end position. He is someone that was a sleeper last year that we were talking about. It was like, hey, go add him onto your roster. It paid off big time because he, he played really well this year. And I think Dawson Knox is another guy that, you know, I was arguing that maybe he's worth two thirds in the beginning of the season. Now he's in that same stretch where he's firmly you know, worth a second round pick, clearly in Dynasty. I would be willing to pay that. I'm not paying any first for him yet, but I feel like he's in that spot. One last guy I want to, or I want to, I want to move over to the other side of the ball. Clyde Edwards Hilaire showed some flashes again, right? And I'm seeing some Twitter polls out there where people were arguing with me that Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It belongs below Miles Sanders in your dynasty rankings. He should be somewhere outside that top 18 in that, like I'm seeing people say he's like 20th best dynasty running back. Now that's huge difference from where we were talking about a couple years ago where we anointed him, but he definitely shows some flashes and, and, and is worth that. I think he's back in the buy low category again. Yeah, I would, I would agree that uh, CEH is, is definitely a buy low candidate because I think that, even if he's ranked 20th in your rankings, for instance, that's still a solid RB2. Like, I think people discount what 20 means. Like, that's still a solid RB2. Like, that's yeah. going to be a starting running back for you. And if you can get that for a second, why wouldn't you do that? Like, that makes no sense to me. So 20, I feel like, is probably close to his low end. Yeah. And that's that's still an RB2. So we, we have these situations where it's like a post-hype sleeper, right? We were saying he was going to be the man. And now no matter what he does, they're not going to, you know, he's not going to be valued the same way that he should be. You know, like everybody was saying he was going to be a top three to five dynasty back as soon as he went to the Chiefs. No matter what he does, if unless it's in that area, is going to be looked at as, oh man, it wasn't quite what we wanted. And I feel like for most of you know the dynasty community, we're going to be able to go out there and buy Clyde Edwards-Helaire cheaper than what you should be able to. I mean, everybody's hyping Acres back up and they're hyping Dobbins back up, but Ceh was banged up a lot of the year. You know what I mean? I know among we went back and forth on Ceh, and I think he's definitely in that area where he's worth a buy, a buy you know, and is definitely price dependent. But I'm still willing to pay a late late first for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah, it's really risk-reward at this point, right? Because you don't have to give up that much capital anymore to acquire him. Um, we've seen that when he was out, Daryl Williams was a workhorse for a while until Williams got hurt, and then we saw McKinnon kind of rise up. So this is a changing situation here. I, I believe Daryl Williams is, again, a free agent after this year, as is mm -hmm. McKinnon. So I would imagine that they bring one of those guys back on a cheap deal uh, but at the same time, when he's been healthy, we've seen that Edwards Alaire is the preferred early down back. Um, so there is value there. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we're not going to, we don't need to talk about Tyreek Hill too much. He's still a stud, but I'm seeing a lot of fading of Travis Kelsey. I'm seeing people move him down to tight end four, tight end five in their rankings. And what I got to say is this, you know, and I, I get a lot of questions. I, I'm a contending team, but I'd like to get younger. Travis Kelsey still is a one to two year window here where you're looking at a guy. I mean, let's look at his last five playoff games, five receptions, 80 plus yards in every single game. This game, he comes out and he, you know, he puts up 90 yards. He catches the game winning touchdown. Travis Kelsey in tight end premium is still a phenomenal piece. And I'm seeing him get sold way too, way too cheap. I mean, I saw him go for, um, you know, I saw him go for a late first and a little bit of add on. And it's like, if you're playing tight end premium, especially 1.75, I mean, Travis Kelsey is a is still a league-winning type move. And I know, Mung, we talk about it a lot, about insulated trades. I had said, you know, obviously, if you're not in that one- to two-year window, Kyle Pitts is right up there as the as the dynasty tight end one. You know, if you're in, the only guy I am comfortable trading in that same area if I want to get a little bit younger is Mark Andrews. You know, and I know, I know we say Kittle, and I'm like totally off Kittle because every time I trade for him, 
He stinks in the playoffs. But, I mean, Kittle's a great, great player. Waller's a great player. But the only guy I'm comfortable in that short span of one to two year window is trading Kelsey to get Mark Andrews if I feel like I want to get younger. Anything else than that? And I'm not making that move right now. What do you guys think? I, I'm kind of on the same page. I think if you have Kelsey and you want to get younger, use your first round pick on a tight end because this tight end rookie class is really good. It's really good. Yeah, there's it's some guys like, in there that are going to be real nice. And so you use one of use one of those picks on uh, one of the top two, three tight ends in this class. And, and that's you're not going to be, be able- guy that, And you'll still yeah. have Kelsey for the next two, three years. And then that guy will be ready to step in for you. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're not going to be able to buy Kyle Pitts. You know, I had a guy message me the other day. He goes, the owner of my league wants five first. Should I do it? No, no. (laughs) Like, no, I get that. And that's, it's Jamar Chase too, right? If you didn't, there's this, there's this thing in dynasty where it's like, you want that new hotness, right? And of course we do, but we can't, if you didn't get him in the rookie draft or you didn't get him by October, guess what? I mean, now you're looking at, he's going to cost you four firsts. And, and the guy's like, I, I feel like I got to do it. You know, I, I feel like Kyle Pitts will be the cornerstone of my team. At what cost? If you give up five firsts in, in this coming class, how many other opportunities of guys are we giving up? You know, and it's like, I, I there's a certain point. Or- it's impossible. I took over an orphan this year, this, this off season, like right when this season ended, I took over a, a, an orphan and the top piece was Kyle Pitts. And I immediately flipped him for the the two pick, the three pick, and the five pick. Yeah, I is immediately, that like immediately, like I, I'm like, why wouldn't I do this? Because the, the rest of the team was not there at all. And yes, yeah. Kyle Pitts is young, and he could be that cornerstone. But you could have three cornerstones instead with this draft. Like there, the the wide receiver class and the tight end class are very good. Even if you're down on the QBs and the the running backs yeah. in this class, it's it's still a good wide receiver and tight end class, and it's well, it's, it's, a, it's one to buy. Especially in a rebuild, because now you you have that 102. Like, I, I tell people this a lot, right? They, they say, well, I have this player. And everybody likes Kyle Pitts, but let's say it's let's say it's Travis Kelsey, right? If you trade Cav- Travis Kelsey for multiple picks in a rebuild, everyone wants picks, right? But there's a certain crowd that wants Travis Kelsey. There's a certain crowd that's willing to pay up for Kyle Pitts. But if you get that 102, the 103, 105, guess what? Everybody wants those picks. Like, we all are inherently just want to get into rookie drafts and sometimes overpay for that just because we want to get in there so much. So, you know, I, I think we move straight from that. We were talking about Kyle Pitts to Jamar Chase. Let's talk about this Bengals-Titans well, game. Well, re- really quick, oh, Dad, I think that, like, the thing to do, too, with when it comes to first-round picks, like, this time of year, get all the picks you can right now and then, like, right before the draft, flip them. Because oh, yeah. they will be worth so much more in two, three months. And and we talk about that as far as our rebuilding episode is still, aside from the Matt Waldman episode, which was just through the roof, our rebuilding episode is always our, our, our second most popular one. And the one thing that we talk about all the time is making it liquid. You know, getting a guy, you know, trading someone with some risk and getting those rookie picks because they're only going to accumulate in value. And it's getting harder and harder to, to get them, obviously. And we're going to have some guests on here talk about rookies. You know, I talked to Jordan McNamara. He's definitely going to come on. We're going to have a lot of guys talking about rookies again this year. And that's where everybody starts to get that that hype and they get excited. Um, Bengals-Titans recap. I mean, we got to look at Jamar Chase, right? We're looking. We talked about him and, him and uh, obviously, Justin Jefferson, since we got the Vikings fan here. The 1A, 1B. I want to talk about T. Higgins because T. Higgins over the last couple of weeks has ascended into that wide receiver one dynasty conversation. Is he a wide receiver one, you know, top 12 wide receiver for you guys in dynasty? Oh, he, he's, I have, I have him right on the fringe. He's a, uh, he's 13 for me. So he's right on that fringe. Um, he's definitely very talented. I don't think that, Jamar Chase being Jamar Chase is going to affect him as much as a lot of people are thinking. That doesn't make him an automatic, you know, he's a stereotypical wide receiver two on any team. That's not true. He can still, even on your fantasy team, he can be your wide receiver one. And I think he can still succeed. Um, he's a, he's more of a PPR machine than, than uh, touchdown dependent in my mind. Um, Cause he, he gets those, uh, those crossing routes quite a bit. Um, so I do still really like T Higgins. I've seen him ranked as high as six. Yeah. Now that's um, a bit. So, like, for me. so you got to definitely be careful with buying him right now. Cause I think people have him really high. I even saw someone who, who sold, like I'm we talked about this last episode, how we were a little bit low on CD lamb and like, 
I saw someone literally trade CD Lamb for T Higgins. Don't do that. Um, no, <laughs> but no. T, T Higgins is is good. But let's not go crazy. Yeah, and I, I get the question a lot. Also, is I have Jamar Chase now. What should I trade T Higgins for? You don't necessarily have to. I mean, if you want to get that that boom, you know, some weeks that's going to happen. And, and with the way Joe Burrow played, you know, he threw for another 340 yards. It was Tennessee. I would have liked to see a little bit more, but they got the win. You know, you got to love Joe Burrow's swagger. He literally has just taken Cincinnati and made them a winner. You know, and they said the culture there, as soon as he came in, was like, yo, they, they said Carson Palmer was trying to talk him out of going there, you know, saying, hey, you're not going to want to go there. He went there and he's like, yo, we're going to be a winner right off. The, we're we're going to make this thing happen. You got to love him. I'm rooting for Joe Burrow this weekend for one reason, not because I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to see Jackson Mahomes TikToks. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to see Mahomes is is a girl pouring champagne. Did you see that at the end of the last oh game? She's squirting champagne all over the crowd, and you're like, dude, it's like 12 it, degrees. It, Chill. It, 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 if you got Chase and you got Higgins, instead of trading Higgins, go trade for Joe Burrow. Yeah, that would be and, that, and that's a killer it. stack. <laughs> Mung, anything to add to the, on the Bengals side of the ball? I mean, you know, we, Mixon has been great this year. Obviously, Burrow's stock is through the roof. And I know there was one, somebody tagged both of us on it and on Burrow versus Trey Lance type deal. And I know we're going to talk about that a ton throughout the offseason here. But are, are you, where, where do you see the, the wide receiver core there? Yeah, I have Higgins just outside uh, the top 12 dynasty wide receivers. And I, I don't think it's crazy to think that this could be like a Godwin Evans type situation mm -hmm. where both of them are going to score pretty well in fantasy. Um, but at the same time, you know, you mentioned Joe Mixon, right? Don't forget about Mixon because we saw that earlier in the season, whether it's because they were uncertain about the knee or whether mm -hmm. the offense was still coming together, this Bengals team was very run heavy. We've seen yeah. them air it out recently. Um, out of necessity, but at the same time, for 2022, it's very possible that they go back to a little bit more of a balanced approach. So, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios depending on how much you believe in Joe Burrow, um, what kind of pieces they add to the offensive line this coming off season. But yeah, I, I don't think you should be selling short on T. Higgins uh, because clearly he's become the one B on this team. Uh, I would liken it to a, a supercharged Keenan Allen versus Mike Williams, right? where Jamar Chase is obviously the guy you want. But at the same time, Higgins is going to have plenty of usable wide receiver two weeks and then a few spike wide receiver one weeks as well. And yeah. I could also, we just talked about the, the tight end class. I could also see the Bengals going it, dipping into that tight end class and it, when they were drafting. So that could really affect both of their values as well. Yeah, and I, I like the offensive line point. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, they, they, they beef up that O-line. You know, we talked in the offseason about, you know, drafting the offensive linemen to protect Burrow. This clearly worked, but we need to we need to keep him upright. Um, sticking with the wide receiver position, and, you know, we were talking about, AJ, is A.J. Brown teasing us again of how freaking unbelievable he is just to have a couple injury games here and kind of let us down again? I mean, five receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. He lit, He is a top five dynasty wide receiver when healthy, but I can't put him up there because I feel like the dude is always getting banged up. And I love AJ Brown. You know that, but I'm like, I'm having a hard time not selling AJ Brown for some, some serious capital. Well, it depends, right? Because I think a lot of people have the same mindset right now. So I don't think now is a good time to sell AJ Brown. Everybody remembers um, this season, uh, you know, even though he had a great game against the Bengals this past weekend, I don't think a lot of people are going to, you know, have that as their takeaway from mm -hmm. 2020, 2021, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if anything, A.J. Brown is a buy low right now. Based on his injuries, none of those have been recurring injuries. These are kind of, mm -hmm. you know, random one-off. It's kind of like uh, early on in Keenan Allen's career, mm -hmm. right, where he had a lot of different injuries but none of them were like repeated hamstrings, nothing like that. So I do think that AJ Brown is a buy low right now. Yeah, and I was the I was the same thing, but definitely buy low. I because I'm a Vikings fan. My first my thought went to Dalvin Cook. Like Dalvin Cook after his injuries, we weren't talking about uh, you know selling selling Dalvin Cook. Like he's still a very special player, and he he's right there. And he had like Monk said, like different injuries. It's not the same one over and over again. So doubt, since we're talking about Dalvin Cook, and it's not on the script, it's not about anything we're talking about, I am seeing, and I'm seeing big-time analysts saying, sell Dalvin Cook for any 23 th first. 
Just period. And I'm like, guys, we got to wait. Okay. You do not yeah. sell Dalvin Cook for one first at this point. You know, and there's a lot of arguments. I even jumped in on this. I'm like, listen, the, the, the move is wait a little bit. And I know we had a, you know, there was potentially some off season stuff that, that might get thrown in there. But I mean, Dalvin Cook isn't the kind of guy we're just selling for any first. You know, you got to get something else on top of it. I know we talked about, I, I would sell it for Michael Carter in a 23 first if it was mid. You know, but like now's not the time. Everybody gets excited. They're trying to push them vets. We talked about it with Kelsey. I mean, I'm seeing Twitter going crazy with just get rid of the vets. I don't want them. You know, like just just take it. I'll take it for any 23 first. We love that class, but don't, don't jump out and feel like you have to push a stud like that off your team. You know, and the <laughs> other... The other example is Alvin Kamara. Now, when we get the news about the Saints, you know, obviously Sean Payton is is now done. There's not a lot there. But I'm seeing Alvin Kamara just people are like, dump him. Get him off your team. Let's just wait a little bit. Let's, uh, let's see what's out there. Let's make sure we get a, an educated move. Hit us up. You know, put hashtag smash accept. Tag any of us and we'll, we'll help you out with those kind of moves. But, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about the Saints. I mean, what what is there right now? You know, like Alvin Kamara, I went out there and I made a bunch of offers and I was just talking to people because I feel like they're going to oversell and try to get rid of Kamara on the cheap end. But this is an interesting type situation with Sean Payton leaving. This this is Sean Payton selling all his future first in Dynasty and then being like, bye. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what it, Sean Payton's doing right now. Um, you will not get any sympathy for Sean for Saints fans here from me, just a heads up. Um, <laughs> but like with, with both Cook and, and Kamara, I think with any team that's getting a new coach, you want to at least wait to see who that new coach is going to be at the very least. Because you, you go and you get a, a defensive coordinator uh, promoted to, to that head coach, and they're probably going to want to run the ball a little bit more. So let's 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 wait and see it at the very least who the co- next coach is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think Kamara is going to have actually a lot of value come this season because he's going to be the only thing on that offense, like the only thing. Who else is going to be They don't title? have money. There's nothing I, exactly. left in cap space. And, and, so they're just like... going to sell. And and in yeah. fact, like I could see them even selling Kamara. And so like while eating some of that cap just to get like some cap relief, um, they're going to sell Michael Thomas. They're going to sell, like, they're not going to re-sign Jameis Winston. Uh, they're stuck with Taysom Hill, which isn't going to go Taysom that Hills, well. you can hear him crying from somewhere when they said <laughs> Sean Payton was done. You I know, mean, he, why does he care? He got way more money than Taysom Hill ever should have gotten. But well, like, they, can, they can get out of him this year, actually. Yeah, but it, it, I think that, you know, I, isn't it after this year that they can get out of him? I thought they were stuck with him for another season. Could uh, I, I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, they're they're just. I think it was seventy mil over the cap. Like it's it's nuts, and they don't have a lot of outs. Their their cap situation is not going to be good either. They're going to sell Kamara to a team, in my opinion, or Kamara is going to be like the only weapon on that offense. So, and either way, that's a that's a wait and see type of situation for me. Yeah, I mean, we're still looking at an RB1, and he had Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, and neither of them really got him involved in the passing game as much as we have in the past. You know, And, and when I say that, I mean, he was still getting dump-offs, but it was not like what we've seen in the past. Um, Mung, anything to add there with Kamara and Cook? I mean, it's a, it's a, are you seeing the same kind of trend on Twitter where it's like, yo, these vets got to go? You know, like we, we talked about it, about trying to get out before, but your time to sell Alvin Kamara, your time to sell Dalvin Cook was like, the end of this year, you know, now you're going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah. We see this every year, right? This is when people want youth. um, That's why we're trying to teach them, right? Like there is a formula where you can literally do this every single year and be productive. And that's why I love dynasty so much more than redraft because we do this every year and we find a way to, it's a formula. It's easy. Like, like you said, you put out like offers for Kamara. I put a few offers out there for Cook, and I bought Cook in one of my leagues for uh, the one twelve and Jerry Judy. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mung. Like, I just got excited because it's like it's the off season. Like, they, we there is a formula for us. Yeah, I, you know, Dynasty is very much cyclical, right? This is the time when you can get more and more for those rookie picks. Um, this is the time when there are a lot of startups because, like you said, you can no longer buy guys like Jamar Chase or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, right? Mm-hmm. If you want a share of them, yeah, basically you're you're getting into a startup so you can get yeah. your share. Uh, and really, this is the worst time possible to sell veterans, right? 
the best time is leading up into the season. We know that no matter what happens, right, the Saints have a fairly solid offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ian alluded to, they just don't have a whole lot skill-wise there. Uh, Michael Thomas is still sticking around. Uh, we'll see what they do with Taysom Hill. I, I do believe that uh, he's still owed quite a bit of money, so I don't think they can necessarily part ways with him. But at the same time, depending on who they bring in uh, to fill these coaching vacancies, they might still go in another direction, right? We saw that Ian Book looked absolutely awful in his Oof. first start, but we simply don't know what the new organization is going to do at the quarterback position. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of uncertainty but certainly you don't want to sell low. Now, if you can still get like a 20, 23 first plus a couple seconds for a guy mm-hmm. like Cook or Kamara, then I do think you need to consider that. Yeah, the um, plus yeah. is the key to me. Like it's not just any 23 first. Unless you know that's going to be top three, it's not even in the, in the debate. There's got to be some pluses. There's got to be some juice added in there for sure. And if it's top three, they probably aren't buying Cook or Kamara. <laughs> they, <laughs> they shouldn't be, but you know they might have that pick. The other guy, I mean – Derrick Henry is Superman. You know, he comes back, 20 carries, 60, 62 yards, a touchdown. And I'm seeing people automatically saying, is it Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry in redraft is the 101 next year? You know, and Derrick Henry is a is a freak, but he's a guy that I, I think is, is obtainable. Same kind of situation. You know, he's in that same age gap, 27 years old. People are trying to move off. What I really want to look at is Deontay Foreman is essentially still free. And if you watch the game, four carries, 66 yards. I know he's a free agent. I do believe they bring him back there. That is one of those must-have stashes. You know, a guy that you could potentially, if he comes back to Tennessee, I feel like you've got to go out there, and especially if you have Henry, a guy that really gave gave fantasy owners a, a shot in the arm, right? I mean, weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, he was putting up numbers that really were, were serviceable RB2 numbers. And I'm seeing people selling him now because the season's over, right? Third round picks, you know, and you can go out there and and get Deontay Foreman for uh, any third round pick, basically, right now. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. Like, definitely have uh, Deontay Foreman on your team, but I'm not that high uh, on on Henry. He has to come back to earth at some point, right? Like, <laughs> that's like, what we say every year. Like, I know we've been it saying is. it. You know, but, like I mean, you know. And, he, and honestly, like as great as he was this season, he did kind of come back to earth because of the injury. Like, and so you have to kind of bring that into it. Like once players like that, that run the way that he runs, they are the way he runs is going to cause a little bit more injuries. And he's mm-hmm. got, he's getting to that point where he's got a lot of tread on the tires. You know, it kind of reminds me of Adrian Peterson's like yeah, DeMarco Murray was the last guy like that where they 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 showed the numbers of guys his size and once they they hit that 26 27 they do start to break down it's just so hard to say you know because what yeah. can you realistically what can you get for Derrick Henry in rookie picks right now 107 yeah, 108 probably. you know I don't think you're gonna get higher than that you know but I, I think you know it's very price dependent but I mean the guy is an absolute monster. We're, we're, let's, we're, we talk too much about those two games. Let's move over to the Packers-Niners. You know, we got go over to the NFC side of the ball. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, okay? We got to talk about his future here. I mean, everyone out there is talking about it. Mung, if you had to guess right now, I mean, I, I personally think Aaron Rodgers comes back. But everyone's talking about it. First off, is Aaron Rodgers a Green Bay Packer next year? Second, if not, where is your dream scenario for him to go? Uh, I mean, I would say no, but really it's 60-40, right? Nobody knows except Rodgers himself. And, you know, there's a lot of politics to be played in the offseason still. Everybody thought he was gone before this past season, and he ended up staying there. So, uh, really, it comes down to the cap situation. Even if he's there, uh, there's going to be a lot of issues for the Packers. Um, I, I don't think that whatever happens, I don't foresee Adams and Rodgers ending up in the same place. Uh, because the cap hit for either or is going to be so massive that unless you're you're you know dropping basically a fourth a third of your cap on these two players, uh, you're simply not going to be able to get both. Um, you know that's partially why a couple months ago I said that wherever you have Devontae Adams ranked in dynasty, Cooper Cup should be a spot or two higher because we know that both he and Stafford are going to be in LA. Uh, so. For Rodgers, uh, you know, again, with a lot of these vets, Rodgers and Adams, 
I think the time to sell was week 14, 15 mm-hmm. before the playoffs if you weren't going to be a true contender. Um, at this point, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot from them. So you might as well hold, uh, you know, Rogers value could see a big bounce back if he does land in a spot like Denver or Pittsburgh where he's going to have a ton of weapons. Ian, I know you're excited. You would really want him to come back, right? Uh, so he's not coming back. And my <laughs> dream scenario is him on the couch. <laughs> or some, somewhere not playing Minnesota, right? Or just on the couch. I don't want him in the league right now. Like, uh, whatever. I don't want to get into politics, but I just don't want him anywhere near a football field. I had way too much activity, but I put a thread out there today, you know, seeing what the, the value was for Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, um, we have tw- 13% of the community said they would still pay two twenty-two first for him in Superflex. 23% said they, they would pay an early top four 22 first. 41% said mid-22 first. That's where they're at. 23% said late. You know, I, I feel like if you can get Sell a him. top – if you can get two firsts right now or a top three, four pick, I feel like, you know, Aaron Rodgers right now in my dynasty rankings is more in that 10 to 12 range. If you can get those kind of moves, I mean, with eliminate the risk, you know, get rid of that uncertainty there. I, I think we're going to talk a little bit about him and Brady where, you know, if you're a contender, you float out a late first and you get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's that's where winning is done. That's where, you know, in our in our startup, you were able to get him late. You talked about Devontae Adams. I mean, where do you guys have him ranked? I love Devontae Adams. I mean, I, I you, I've, it's well documented. I have him on all my teams, and they were contenders. But now it's like I'm starting to look out there and see what we can possibly get for him. I still have him as a top, you know, five, six dynasty asset. Even though with the age, the guy just puts up incredible numbers. I know some of that was Rodgers, but the talent is undeniable. Where do you guys have him ranked? I don't have him inside my top 15. I'm, I'm a, Devontae is a huge sell for me right now. Oh, yeah. No, he's I, a he's, sell for sure. Like he He's going to fall off that cliff. We talked about this last episode. That cliff is right down the aisle. And we haven't, we haven't really seen him succeed in those games where Rodgers hasn't played. Like he is, he, I think he's very Rogers dependent, like Mung alluded to, like they're not going to be on the same team so that uh, he's absolutely, I'm staying away from Devontae Adams. I'm going to take my reaction on that one and I'm going to turn it into a gif and it's going to be, I I was, I can't say gif, but I'm going to turn it into that. I got like, (laughs) woo, outside the top 15. Mung, where you at here? You somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I'll, I'll be the voice of reason here. Uh, <laughs> top five is pretty crazy considering he's 29 and going to likely a new team without Aaron Rodgers. Top 15, uh, outside of the top 15, is kind of nuts to me too just because we've seen how good Adams is. Um, again, part of his production was Rodgers hyper-targeting mm-hmm. him, especially you know in, inside the five, inside the two, where Rodgers just loves to keep throwing. Uh, so I think he's in that back end wide receiver one range, similar to guys like Stefan Diggs, right? They are getting a bit older. We could see that, you know, they're not going to be quite as dominant in target share. We already saw that drop off for DeAndre Hopkins this past season. Um, not to mention he ended up, ended the year hurt. So I think he's somewhere in that in-between range between you guys for me. Uh, again, it really depends on cost to acquire slash cost to sell right now. If you have somebody in your league who still really believes in Adams and you can get those top five prices, Mm -hmm. I'm selling. If you can get them for a late first and a second, then I'm buying. Say what I've had two people send me their their super flex startups, and he's gone as the wide receiver three in, in both of them. And which is crazy, you know, because where you're at, my, the, my buddy sent it to me. He goes, would you take Tyreek, Devontae Adams, or Waddle here? You know, and you're like, you know, he's in that kind of area. And it's like, I, I feel like startups are so difficult this time of year with that kind of thing, right? Do you take the, the production there or you take a guy like Waddle who's clearly ascending and, and going to be moving that way where Adams is moving the other way. And I always say when I do startups, I draft for value. You know, I'm trying to draft a guy who can increase in value. I don't want to take a lot of guys that are going to decrease in value because if you don't win year one, year two, all of a sudden that piece is where DeAndre Hopkins is now and you're looking at he's worth a late first, you know, and, and that kind of definitely struggles. I'm seeing a lot of people also out there debate Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon moving into next year. I mean, I saw Dave Kluge said he would rather have Dillon over Jones moving into 2022. I feel like most people are trending that way, but you know, you look at the the trade calculators, you look at some of the trades out there, and Aaron Jones is still worth, you know, a mid-first to a lot of people. 
where do you see that whole situation breaking down? You know, and I, I mean, Aaron Jones is a fantastic running back, but you definitely take some value away there with both of them in the same backfield. Mongo. Yeah, I, I don't think personally, I'm not going out to acquire Aaron Jones. If you, if the cost is a mid first, uh, I think I had a conversation on Twitter just the other day um, where I, I think the top end of Aaron Jones's value is a late first, because to me, it really depends on how much faith you have in a 50% touch share mm-hmm. in a Jordan Love led offense, right? How yep. many touchdowns is Green Bay scoring next year? Now, maybe they get another, another quarterback, uh, maybe a Bridgewater or somebody to lead that offense if they truly do not believe in Jordan Love. But really, uh, you're banking on Aaron Rodgers coming back. At the same time, you know, I'm not selling Aaron Jones for a second because if Rodgers is back, then, you know, the the ceiling is still sky high for Aaron Jones. But, again, it's a tough time where you're making these calculated risks, and some of these are going to be dice rolls because Mm -hmm. we might think we know which players are going to stay with teams or, you know, move on, but – Really, we don't, right? It's really up to the front office and that player to make that call, and we just have no idea into that insight. Ian, anything to add with that with the the Dylan, maybe on the Dylan side? I mean, are you willing to go out there and buy Dylan? I mean, if, if Aaron Jones moves to another team, they make some moves there. I mean, what, what are we doing with this backfield? I, I think it's definitely a, a Dylan. It's going to be a Dylan-led offense. Matt Flynn definitely seems to be, for some reason, I agree that Aaron Jones is, like, in the real football world, easily a top 10 running back still. Agreed. But for some reason, Matt Flynn doesn't seem to see him that way and is is running A.J. Dillon a lot more. And maybe it's that he's just in a trance by those thighs. I don't know. but Those are uh, nice. <laughs> um, but, like, I – and I have tried – A.J. Dillon is is a hard buy right now because I even went a little crazy in, in a rebuild. I just went to try to uh, uh, trade – Ezekiel Elliott for Dylan in a second and Mm -hmm. it was a no-go like the guy said no absolutely not that's not enough for Dylan and to me that's kind of crazy that seems like almost I was overpaying for him right so Uh, so Dylan's like an you have to pay too much and Aaron Jones is probably not enough but maybe neither of them are the ones that break break out there and that's the tricky part but I mean if Aaron Rodgers does leave you have to look at this team is going to obviously become a lot more you know, run heavy and try to potentially with those two guys and Adams leaving and maybe Jordan Love taking over. I mean, it's a situation where they're going to rely heavily on the run game. Maybe they get a little bit more uptick there, a little bit more touchdowns, well, see how it goes. bring up to scenario C, right? It's possible that if they do move on from Rodgers, then they do go into a retool and they move Aaron mm-hmm. Jones as well, and he could mm-hmm. go to a better offense. So Agreed. it's just a lot of unknowns right now. So I think you're not, you're not going out and actively targeting Aaron Jones, but you're also mm-hmm. not selling low. I like it. Jimmy G situation. I mean, let's look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I've never seen such crazy stats where he's 3-0 and without a touchdown, you know, and his, his career's just been interesting. We talked about it a little bit last week. Now we're getting closer to that, right? I know, Ian, you said if he goes out there and wins this Super Bowl, you know, is he the starter next year? And I don't want to get too much into that, but I mean, he is getting closer, you know, and this team... This team means business. I know my brother talks about it all the time. I mean, this Rams versus Niners game is going to be an interesting one. To me, it's what are we doing as far as how high up do you guys have Debo ranked? And what are we doing with Kittle? I mean, are we moving? What kind of what kind of trades are you guys seeing for Kittle? What kind of values are we going there? We'll start with Debo. I mean, how high up do you guys have Debo in your rankings after this season? Top five. He's top five for me right now. He's he's fifth, to be fair, but top five. Um, I think that his both rushing ability and uh, run after the pass ability definitely brings him to a, to a top five tier. Um, he, he's next level, and, and it's crazy because before this season, he, everyone was selling him and thought Ayuk was the guy. Yeah. Um, and, and no, it's, it's definitely a Debo player. Uh, uh, led offense at this point he's their number one target um and as far as kittle goes um yeah i don't know i think if 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 you have kittle i i'd see what the trey lance owner was willing to give up for a stack that's where i would go okay mung what are you what are you doing with those two situations i mean do you have them i know you were trying to sell me about eight weeks ago the Debo was a top 12 dynasty wide receiver and i wasn't quite there yet are you willing to move him that far up yet 
Yeah, I think he's top 12. Um, top five is a little rich for me. Uh, personally, I'm concerned about all the 49ers because to me, once they transition to Trey Lance, it's going to be a very run-heavy offense. And some of those touchdowns that Debo Samuel's getting in the red zone, those might get stolen, right, by Trey Lance, who can run. I mean, really, it's tough because for a run-heavy team, the touchdown split is going to be shared by Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, and Trey Lance. And, and that makes me concerned for Debo both as a runner and then as a receiver, we're seeing that because they are using him as that number two running back, hybrid number one running back, he's also not being quite as involved in the receiving game as he was early in the season. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really tough to know what we're going to see from the Niners on offense going into 2022. Um, George Kittle, you mentioned he, he's a top two tight end and he's probably not two in nfl terms oh he's number but one how how many targets is he going to see yeah. if they continue running the ball like they have been because we do know that he is such a great blocker as well yeah. um so I, and, I think there's risk in all the 49ers and it's kind of like how i viewed uh, tampa bay heading into this season where i think it's going to be tough predicting the touchdowns week to week so I think the focus point is Trey Lance, and if you if you're high on the Niners' offense, that's the piece you should be buying. But for as far as Debo, I think that you know most of his rushing touchdowns I don't think came from the red zone, did they? I think they were pretty far out. Most of his rushing touchdowns, and if they were inside the twenty, they were still outside the ten. Um, so I don't know if those are necessarily going to be uh, vultured by Trey Lance. They might be vultured by if they add to their rushing attack, which we know Kyle Shanahan probably will at some point in the draft because he always does. Um, but I, I don't see Trey Lance being that guy that vultures the touchdowns from, from Debo just because his rushing touchdowns were from far, a lot farther out than I would anticipate Lance running it in from. That's fair. But I would say that, you know, even down the stretch, even with the rushing touchdowns, we're not seeing these massive receiving lines anymore because they have transitioned his role a little bit. And then two, the other, the back of the mind, um, you know, thing to keep in mind, he's had a long, long history of soft tissue injuries. This mm -hmm. is the first healthy season we've seen him uh, put together. Um, you know, it's like, you know, the risk adverse factor. That's why I was always lower on Darren Waller because of the history of drug issues, rooting for him, rooting for Debo to stay healthy, but at the same time, that risk factor drops those guys a little bit for me. Yeah, and I, I can see that. I mean, I have Debo as a guy. I'm not selling him on the cheap, but I am kind of looking that way. And, I mean, the only the only Debo share I have is where I traded <laughs> Cal Calvin Ridley and a and I gave up Calvin Ridley in a second for Debo in a first as soon as the, the Ridley news came out where he was going to be out. And, you know, Ridley's another guy we'll talk about plenty, but let's move on to that last game. Rams-Bucks, you know, Obviously, majority of this at the end, we're going to talk about Tom. But Stafford's still one of the most underrated Superflex quarterbacks, in my opinion, in, in Dynasty. He goes out 28 for 38, 366 and 2. You know, and, and the worry there in that game was that he was going to be throwing interceptions like he has been. But it, it was like all the fumbles, right? I mean, Cam Akers. The Akers talk was all over Twitter, right? Oh, he looks so explosive. Things are so fantastic. He still ran for, I believe, 1.9 yards per carry and two fumbles. You know, and we have a situation where Sony Michelle looked really good down the stretch. He got one carry. So, I mean, you know, it's great to see Cam Akers out there. But, you know, I, I'm not quite all in there yet. The OBJ resurgence has been fantastic for his dynasty value. Cooper Cup's value is at an all-time peak. It clearly cannot go up any higher. You know, so if we're talking about guys that, you know, I, I feel like if you're on a contender, you're obviously keeping Cooper Cup. But he has reached that peak of value as well. What do you guys think about those, those assessments there with the Rams? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot to talk about with them. That's for sure. I mean, you and I talked about this last week too, where I think the, the real NFL talk gets in the way sometimes of fantasy talk. So the players like Matthew Stafford, like Kirk cousins, that, that real NFL talk gets in the way of, Oh my gosh, they're bad quarterbacks. No, they're not at all. First of all, neither of them are bad quarterbacks. Second of all, uh, they're both really actually quite good top 12, top 15 at worst uh, fantasy QBs. Um, and, and they're going to, they're, they're going to get you where you need to be. Um, they may not be top tier uh, and, and, 
you may look to trade him down the line, but quarterbacks play a while. I anticipate both Stafford and someone like Kirk Cousins to play at least another five, six years. Like that's where we're trending. So why I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't try to buy them because they are at an all-time low. Now Stafford's value may also peak if he goes and wins the Super Bowl too. Um, but I just don't think that right now they're 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 still undervalued, and I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you got that Stafford Cup, you know pairing, you know, and I, I among you, I got to give you 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 reference it here, but I got to give you a shout out on that where you know Adams is going to be that uncertainty. Cup is that guy, you know, and it apparent aside from the Buccaneers, you know, defensive coordinator putting a safety on him at the end, they should have known that as well, you know, and that was man, I was yelling there. I wanted Tom to win that. Yeah, I, I just. I wanted Brady to make that comeback and just go crazy with it. Um, you know, my, my son was like, Dad, we shouldn't even be watching the game. So I, I played a little Call of Duty with him. And I was like, if it gets close, we're putting it back on, right? It was 27 to 3. Then it's 27 to 10. Then I was like, all right, switching it back over. We're, we're you know, I don't, I'm not worried about your kill to death ratio. This is Tom Brady. We got to watch this. This is going to be history here. And then he scores the touchdown. And then we're like, what? That's insane. That last one. And then all of a sudden, boom. Just another, just like in the Bills game, you know, we're not defensive coordinators, but you don't put a safety on Cooper Cup. Anyways, talk to me a little bit about Cam Akers, because that was a guy, Mung, where you and I were down, you know, and are you seeing, you're seeing it all over Twitter. People are saying how explosive he looks and how things look, and it's like they're, they're excited that he's getting that workhorse mentality. What are we talking about with Akers? Yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster, right, for his dynasty value where people saw that he was activated after just, what, like four or five months, whatever it was, coming back from the Achilles, and everyone's like, oh, go out and buy him for an early first. Um, and then I think maybe there's a potential buy low window right now where people look at it and say, look at those two fumbles, look at his yards mm-hmm. per, per carry. And I don't think they realized that this was against a, Bucks. A, a healthy yeah. Bucks defense, right? Yeah. We saw them falter down the stretch, but with Levante David back, they're, they're a top three defensive unit in rushing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, right, this is, again, probably not 100% Cam Akers that we saw come back. Right. I think the most encouraging sign is the fact that he was used as a workhorse coming back into this role, mm-hmm. and that bodes well for him heading into 2022. So that was one of my main worries uh, over the last couple months. And I actually do think he's a buy now. If you can get him for a mid first, right? Mm-hmm. I think we want the the 1A in Sean McVay's offense, if not the workhorse, heading into 2022. And, you know, like, like you guys said, the same goes for Matthew Stafford, who remains undervalued in fantasy circles because we saw Jared Goff put up multiple top 12 fantasy quarterback seasons. Uh, with Sean McVay, and really, it it almost doesn't matter who you put back there in that system. You know, could this be like that 54-51 game where Jared Goff was the quarterback, you know, Mahomes versus Goff. Now we get Stafford in there in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's my pick. That's what I'm hoping well, they gotta for. they got to beat the Niners first. I know, I know. Which they haven't done in six times. I know. Mc- that's crazy. So we, we'd be remiss not to cover this, but, I mean, obviously there's some talk there. We well, knew Dad, that they... I got to tell you the greatest Cam Akers thing I saw over the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Someone during the game, like I think it was after Akers' second fumble, one of my buddies tweeted out, wow, Cam Akers is really the Achilles heel of this offense. Sorry. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> no. no. With, with Tom Brady, I mean, we see that he went out there on the podcast and was talking about, which we'll try to, we'll try to get him on our podcast too. But, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, he went out there and said, the, for the first time we've said, you know, we got to reassess things. And I feel like everybody, especially, you know, older, older quarterbacks and things like that, they got to assess the situation, you know, and I, I do believe Tom Brady ultimately comes back, but he says, you know, his, his, his wife is, you know, she kind of cringes when he takes hits now and, and things like that. And I do believe Tom Brady is a guy that does want to go out towards the top of his game, but you have to look at, especially with Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving the Packers, that NFC is still pretty open, you know, and it's not, if he was in the AFC, I think we have a different situation because you got Mahomes, you got Allen, you got all these ascending quarterbacks. I think Tom comes back for one more year, and the 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 thing about that is at least one more year. His dynasty value right now. I mean, I put a thread out there. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick, and it's not working. But we were looking at a situation here where I put it out. No one's paying an early first. No one's paying a mid first. It was like eighteen percent are willing to pay a late first and then the rest of them were saying less than a first in value 
and uh, a buddy of mine just sent me a pic and I because we were talking about that. He saw my poll and he's like, that's not real. He got Tom Brady in the Superflex for the 207 and the 304. You know, and I feel like that is if you can go out there and get Tom Brady for a pair of seconds or an early second. I mean, I feel like it is definitely worth that that risk. While I look up this poll, what do you guys think ultimately is, you know, is Tom Brady back for next season? I, I do think Tom Brady is back, but it, it honestly might depend on what the Bucks end up doing uh, as far as his weapons goes. Like he might wait to see if Chris Godwin comes back. He had a really good connection with Chris Godwin earlier in the season, and I think that that might make a decision for him uh, whether he comes back or not, uh, because they can't do just Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, who's also talking about not coming back too. So we we got to look at you know, what his weapons are going to be. And I think that's super dependent on if Tom Brady comes back. Um, I think it is hilarious to me as a Vikings fan too, that Tom Brady now actually has more victories against NFC teams than Aaron Rodgers does in the playoffs. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Mon, what do you think? I mean, and this is a time if you can, I mean, it was that poll, 69% of the dynasty community said that they would not even pay a first round pick for Tom Brady that he is worth less than a first round pick in Superflex and I feel like we said that like 5 years ago we were like yeah go get Tom Brady for a late first and man has that been a great investment is Tom Brady back uh hurts my heart to even talk about this but I know right like you just assumed in season he's saying he's going to play 5 more years you know he's going to tell our grandkids about it yeah, I, I mean, I'm not paying a first in Superflex. Uh, I'm not. We saw Breeze go out. Um, you know, the, the tone has changed recently, even if the words may not necessarily have. Uh, it, it's hard to really know whether he's coming back. And even if he does, uh, as Ian said, um, they franchise tag Chris Godwin this past offseason. Um, they cannot really do that again. They would have to sign him long term. They have issues on the defensive side with the front seven getting a lot older. Um, they have free agents they need to sign on defense as well. So this might not be a, a team that makes it very far in the playoffs if they get there again next year. And he doesn't want to go out, uh, you know, kind of like Michael Jordan on the Wizards, right? We don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, we don't want to see Drew Brees limping along, throwing mm -hmm. checkdowns every other play. Agreed. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Personally, I would buy for a mid-second or less in Superflex. I would not pay an early second or more. Well, and one of our listeners I've been talking to a lot lately, Scott H. Uh, that's Scott H. Six six five five four eight eight three. I don't know if that's his phone number. It's like eight sure six seven five. Person. I'm gonna no. I've been talking to him. I'm not talking to a bot. He said need need to wait. You know, for him to announce that he's coming back. And this is a situation where his value will bounce back. If you're just want to go out there, you shouldn't be taking a second. Just a random second. You know, what I'm saying twenty three seconds. I saw one trade for two twenty four seconds, and I'm like. If you are even not, if you don't even have to be a contending team, go out there and buy Tom Brady for the 205. And if he comes back, boom, instant value. You know, you might be able to sell right once we start the season as a first round pick. But man, the, I mean, the NFL is not the same place without Tom Brady, you know. And I was, I was all about, I had this before this, the, the, the announcement came out there saying, go buy Mike Evans, because Mike Evans, criminally underrated. I mean, eight years in a row, over a thousand yards. He's always scoring the touchdowns. I think Godwin comes back, you know, on, on that franchise tag. And I hope we see Tom Brady again because the NFL, you know, it's it, it's like when Peyton Manning retired, it just didn't feel like the same NFL, you know. And I feel like we have such great ascending quarterbacks, but Tom Brady is just, we're not going to see another Tom Brady ever. He's the greatest smack talker of all time. Did you hear what Gronkowski told him? What the, what they, he told a reporter what Tom Brady's greatest smack talk was during a game. No, he looked at a player at the opposing defense, and he goes, "I played against your dad." Ask oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask your dad how good I am, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. That's so awesome. All right, hey, it's been a great show, Mung. Um, why don't you tell everybody what you're working on right now, and uh, you know, quick prediction of who's winning this weekend? Yeah, I'm working on updated dynasty rankings. You can find those over at Fan Tracks. You can find all my stuff on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I am going to take the Chiefs and the Niners. Okay. And I will say this. If it is a rematch of a couple of years ago, uh, I think I had replied to someone yesterday with this quote. You know, the, de the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Right. 
I think if the Niners make it back to the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, they absolutely need to start Trey Lance. Woo! Yeah, now, I, I heard it a lot. We were talking, you know, I, I can't get into that. But that's another podcast. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your quick predictions? Yep, you can find me at Super Skull Fan. I promise I'm not just Vikings. I am a lot of Vikings content, but I am also Dynasty content. Um, as far as prediction goes, I, I like... The, the fan cringe of me really wants the Chiefs Bengals game to go into OT and then the Bengals to get win the coin flip and they win that way. That would be fantastic. Um, I do think the Chiefs are going to pull it out. My heart really wants the Bengals too. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to go Rams. I want the 49ers, uh, but I do think the Rams pull it off this time. I just don't think that um, you can have a zero touchdown game against the Rams. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, and all these people talking about the overtime rule. I mean, listen, if you don't, if you stop Patrick Mahomes from kicking, getting into field goal range, we don't even have to worry about it. If there was no, you know, if there was no coin toss, or if there was no overtime, where it's just keep playing, that final score would have been like 120. You know, they, they just couldn't stop anybody. My prediction would be Chiefs Rams. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Boom.